Howdy, and welcome back to the Wisest Girls After Party. I'm Liliana Hildebrand, Content Director Intern at the Wisest Women and Industrial Engineering major at Texas A&M University. And I'm Jamina Fayezi, and I'm a junior at Forest Hills High School, and I'm a Marketing Intern for the Wisest Women. And welcome to the Wisest Girls After Party. Today, we're reflecting on the doctor's discussion with Dr. Crystal Tran. Jamina, what's your initial takeaway? Well... The conversation with Dr. Tran Crystal Tran was really great, given that she's a millennial and she's kind of criticizing Gen Z's uh, methods of, you know, living with mental health. And I just think that it was really important to see that, you know, that age gap of understanding with mental health and that age gap especially because there's there we're in a digital age now so her her takeaways of mental health and its connection to the digital age was really important to watch for all the viewers there mm -hmm. listening to her I certainly felt convicted because of just I mean obviously she wasn't attacking she was just constructive criticism but I was like dang that's that's my people that's who I am that was very good um it's always good to feel a little convicted every now and then. Now, as discussed in the podcast um, and previous podcasts, Tamina and I are known as iGen, a nickname stemming from a higher sense of entitlement discussed in the doctor's discussion with Dr. Tran. Where do you think the sense of entitlement comes from and how can we fix it? Um, I think it comes from social media. Definitely hmm. comes from social media because I feel like the sense of entitlement comes through the need to post all the good moments in your life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with that, watching other people um, only post their good moments shows that like they people psychologically think that um, these people don't have bad moments. And I feel like that makes them in, uh, feel entitled to something better. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you think. So I disagree with you on the sense of entitlement. I think it comes from, uh, I think comes from like how blessed we are like as a mirror. I think it's uh, definitely a cultural thing for Americans because I grew up like I got my first iPhone touch when I was 10, very young age. I don't think my mom got her first phone until she was 21 and it was a flip phone. So there's definitely a you know, huge quality of life difference between parents. And I know that as in these past few generations, parenting styles have become a lot uh, more hands-on emotionally and less hands-on physically. You know, I didn't get really spanked, get spanked much as, as a kid. Um, physical punishment is not as used as much in at least uh, Caucasian households. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't know about you, that's just how I lived. And I think it's caused, and you know, participation trophies are, they're a thing. We literally got those when we were kids. And I think because of that, when we fail, it can be a little bit harder to accept that and not put our identity in it. Oh yeah, I definitely also agree with you. Like um, the fact that I'm, in, I'm only in high school and I have the latest model of an iPhone mm -hmm. is ridiculous to my parents. Mm -hmm. 
because I think my parents got their first phones when they came to America, like later on. And I, I just clearly remembered them just not wanting to overdo it with their phones or their technology. They never wanted the latest models. And I feel like that's really different with millennials versus iGen because iGen always wants the newest and latest things. And we think that we're entitled to that. Yeah, it's, and we're really not, we really aren't really titled to anything, food, shelter, water, that's kind of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, entitlement aside, I feel entitled to talk about this next, to plug in Dr. Uh, Matheson on the super power stress moment. Um, they talk, the doctors and Dr. Tran talk a little bit about this thing called intrinsic motivation that comes from stress and failure, which reminded me of Dr. Matheson in the superpower stress episode, um, how she observed people who are stressed are happier because they found meaning in life. Do you think because of those two things, do you think having failure in your life can lead to happiness? Yeah, I definitely think so, because I feel like with hardship, you can realize the the little lessons in life and that in the end the lessons are what make you happy learning things about um how you live is gonna make you happy um like especially me like if i'm only in high school and if i were to fail a grade or if i were to fail a test or um if something you know personal happened to me in my life right now, I feel like it would give me time to reflect on what's important. And I feel like it would also give me the lessons that I need in the future. Um, because as we grow up, you know, it's it's just something that that's really important to talk about. Like failure is not, you shouldn't pity yourself over failure. You should realize that it's you know, it's destiny for those who believe in destiny. It's destiny and it it always happens for a reason. So what do you, what's your take on that, Liliana? I think failure is what leads to happiness because it's overcoming the failure. It's not letting it define you uh, because like can, that can bring us to these little highs of just utter joy. I've done, I think I've done some pretty cool things with my life. I get to run this podcast, this segment of our Wise Women podcast. I'm at an amazing school. I've done some, I'm pretty proud of where I've come from, but my proudest achievement so far was getting a B in physics because I was, I failed the first, the first ta- test and it was heartbreaking, but through lots of trial and uh, effort, I, I got to be in the class and it was the most amazing feeling seeing that final grade. I, so I think, you know, failing in itself is not fun, but overcoming that failure, and we need failure to give us a reason to try, to give us a motivation just to prove that we can do better. It's definitely refreshing when you pass. Yes, it's very refreshing. Now I don't have to take that class again. It's great. We talked about this in the last after party about Dr. Chandra's uh, journey with thinking she had depression, but then after much research, she realized she had an autoimmune disorder. Why do you think her first thought was depression? 
I feel like in the society we live in today, it's so easy to just um, assume that it's the 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 main uh, imposter is depression and anxiety. Like because in our generation and even the generation before us, depression has been a running thing for the younger for the uh, for younger people and for the youth. And I feel like with that, um, therapists and some kind some medical professionals often target depression as the leading problem. But when um, that when you don't cut under the surface, you don't realize that it might not be depression and it, um, we could be suffering from something else. And I feel like it's overlooked sometimes that there's so many other diseases out there and there's so many other um, issues that might occur. But we don't want to, you know, jumpstart all the way to the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. So that's why we also, we always um, think that it's anxiety or depression. Yeah, that's a really good thought. I also definitely think that part of the United States stands on mental health is if um, in certain scenarios by saying it isn't mental health, you are viewed as uh, as if you're invalidating the drasticness of mental health and you're invalidating those who are, which thankfully now invalidating uh, mental health disorders is a really bad thing. Um, I'm glad that a person is considered bad if they invalidate someone's mental health. I think that's awesome because that's shown a lot of progress. On the other hand, there are some things like Dr. Chandra's scenarios that are physiological. And I think we need to be you know, maybe uh, while you're taking those uh, self-diagnosis tests, go get a blood test. Um, it probably costs the same to go do an initial, I don't know how much it costs, but I would say, I would hypothesize that it's similar to go, the cost to go do an initial consultation with the psychiatrist and the cost to do a blood test and get blood work done is probably very similar. So while we're on, you know, depressive symptoms, Dr. Tran brought up the concept of not grieving properly. Um, it just sent when she, her mother died and how that impacted her and how she just wouldn't let herself grieve. Um, and it stemmed from not processing her feelings. Have you ever had a time in your life where you avoided processing something? Yeah, definitely. I've had a few um, hardships in my uh, personal family. And I've realized that at some points in my life, that I, I had really long-term denial. And with that, I realized that I really need to accept what I'm feeling and I need to accept how I process things. And sometimes I'll deny it often. And with that, I, I learned after, um, just, like, just like Dr. Uh, Dr. Tran, my mom also had a stroke when I was in uh, middle school and I realized that I didn't, I couldn't grieve until I said it out loud. You know, I, I actually didn't grieve until um, I told my friends, which was a month after the incident. And um, after that, I, I learned that 
if I don't talk about my emotions, then I'll forget not to grieve. I'll forget to grieve in all. And with that, I, I learned that it's really important to reflect and to journal and to um, think, remember what's bothering you. So yeah, definitely. I, I felt, I definitely felt the connection between Dr. Tran's experience and mine. And it, it, it felt relieving that someone else felt like that. I'm really glad that this podcast uh, helped you out with that. That's, I think that's definitely a uh, wise cast is doing its job kind of moment to reach women like you and people like you who have gone through that. I know for a long time, for a bit of a time, I, I don't think I was letting myself process my parents separation properly. I know like the day it happened, I was very closed off. I just kind of like, okay, have to be strong for my little sisters because I'm the oldest. That's, I take that job seriously. And it took some time for me to realize like, to allow myself to be upset that my parents weren't together. Um, Cause I just didn't want to feel the pain with it. To close, to round off this podcast, I want to talk about an approach to working on your mental health. That was a very holistic way. The, what can I do? Which reminds me of our podcast on holistic medicine featuring Dr. Suri Stancic and bringing healthy back. We know that physical and mental health are linked, but how can we pursue them simultaneously? I know uh, you've mentioned in the part one of this after party or the, uh, how you journal and how you kind of let your mind go crazy and do a little bit of brain dump. Yeah, I also think it's really important to like, I, I chose, I purposely chose a school that is really far from my house so I can get that physical activity in. And I feel like I, I don't, when I'm going to school, I don't walk with friends. I, I usually go alone. And I feel like with that, you know, exercise and with that um, time to really focus on my thoughts, I've been able to really organize my brain. Like it, throughout the day, it just gets really, really hectic. Like you're always thinking about, you always think that you have your priorities in check, but in reality, they're definitely not in check because like you're, you're thinking about, you know, your tests, your assignments, everything that you need to do throughout the day, your deadlines. And sometimes you just forget to look at what's really important. And what is really important in the long run is your mental health and your overall physical health as well and so throughout throughout my day I always try to reflect when I'm alone and um you definitely mentioned in part one as well that you do cardio and you exercise every morning which helps you organize your thoughts so tell us more about that so when I exercise so I have ADHD ADD um I think it's called the term is muted when it's just ADD and attention deficit disorder. Part of that is I kind of have two sides of my brain. One is like playing some sort of music. The other one is trying to be focused on the task. And I've noticed when I exercise in the morning, it tires me out just enough to turn up to make the background noise just a little bit quieter. 
which helps me on focus, uh, help me, which helps me focus better. Um, especially when I'm in my harder classes, like my statics and particle dynamics class or my computer science type class. Also a great way that I pursue mental and physical health simultaneously is that when I'm uh, exercising, I let my brain go crazy. There are definitely things that I actually don't process, but I think, okay, is this not important right now? Does this not have anything to do? And I just push it aside for later. And when I'm exercising, it's free reign, which is really nice. Definitely. And with that, it's the end of our pod of the Wisest Girls After Party. Thank you so much, Tamina, for your wise words. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I feel like I always learn something new. And thank you, WiseNet, for tuning into our after party. Be sure uh, we have another fundraiser going on, so donate so you can hear more wise content and we can keep on expanding the. Uh, the wisest women. Once again, I'm Liliana Hildebrand. And I'm Tamina Fayezi, and this is the Wisest Girls After Party. Make sure to like and subscribe to Wisecast when you get the podcast.